Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. From being a sales rep to opening her first store and dealing with more hurdles than most of us in 2020, my guest today is a private client of mine and a longtime Pet Boss Club member, Brianna Swanberg of Mutts and Meows Natural Pet Market in Nashville, Tennessee. She's joining me for our third installment of this four-part miniseries called Ask Candice, where I tapped into the Pet Boss Club community to see what burning questions my clients might have that I could assist them with. And of course, share all of that with you too. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. So I'm just so excited to welcome and introduce to you one of my one-on-one private clients, but also one of my favorite pet store owners, Brianna Swanberg from Mutts and Meows in Nashville, Tennessee. (laughs) I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yes. And I love your topic. Your question is about events and um, how to make the most of these events and market them and all that good stuff. So we're going to dive into that a little bit later here in this episode. But first, I, I'm i kind of more excited for this interview piece than getting to know you because you have had quite the journey, my friend. <laughs> and, yeah. and, 
And so let's start. How long have you been in business with Munson Meows? Um, we opened July of 2017. 2017. About okay. five years now. Yes. Five years. Okay. So let's first tell us what Mutts and Meows is. How do you describe it to your customers? I love the boutique stuff and the fun stuff, but I am also really, really focused on nutrition. So I think we're, you know, a little different in that regard because, you know, you have your stores that like are really into nutrition, you know, and that's what they, you know, hammer on everything, or you've got more of your boutique kind of stores and, you know, nutrition doesn't really play a part. And I love that for them. But for me, I really love the cute stuff, but I also love the nutrition. So yeah. I think we kind of like definitely meld that together in a, a good way. I mean, when people come to the store and I mean, you've seen it, it's very white and bright and there are a lot of fun boutique items, but we also have a very large selection of frozen, lightly cooked, freeze-dried and, you know, some better quality kibble. Mm -hmm. so. And even though it is white and bright with that, there's still lots of actually bright colors too. Yes. Got splashes yeah. of these rainbow colors everywhere and fun products and unique ways to display things. And so, yeah, you definitely do know how to bring the, the cuteness factor <laughs> into the business. You also have self-washed stations and, and groomer also, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we have three groomers actually. Three groomers. All right. And right now you only have one location, but you are um, opening up, reopening your old location soon. Well, hopefully soon, right guys. Yes. If you, if you haven't been to Nashville recently, I went recently and we stayed downtown and there must've been, there must be 15 cranes up in the skyline, like building different buildings. It's insane how much construction is going on. So I know that you have, um, you're just waiting on some of that stuff. You're, you're in line for your, <laughs> your contractor or your, uh, was it the inspectors to come through? Yes. Yeah. Codes. Yeah. Yes. Codes, as they call it. So, so eventually guys, her, her uh, old location will be reopened. Okay. So let's talk about that journey. You know, let's go from the beginning. How did Muts and Meows start? Take us, take us on down okay. memory lane with you. Yeah. Well, actually I have a degree in interior design. I mean, I've always loved animals, but I never, I guess, really thought of, you know, having a career in the pet industry. I didn't even think it was really possible. And so after I graduated, had a couple, you know, jobs and then the recession hit and stuff and, you know, everything kind of, you know, got laid off or, or whatnot. So my mom actually came across an ad on Craigslist for a distributor in Nashville at, of holistic pet products that needed like a sales rep. And she's like, this is perfect for you. You know, you've always had animals. I think you'd be really good at this. And so I did, I applied, got the job and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I love to do. And it was kind of funny because I, I really, I kind of went down the rabbit hole with a lot of the products so much so that like the other sales reps and even like the general manager of the company would come to me asking about different products and, and stuff. And then, so I was there for a couple of years and then they actually kind of got bought out by animal supply and I left and I wanted to stay in the business, but I had some people ask about, you know, if I wanted to be a rep, you know, and I was like, I, I can't travel. I, that's just, that's a lot. So I still trying to figure out what to do. And the funny thing is like a lot of my friends that worked with me, they kept telling me, they're like, you need to open a store. And I 
I was just like, no, no, I can never do that. I don't want to do that. But, but, before, but when you, let's just sit there for a second. Cause there are so many people who actually want to get into the pet industry right now. And who, who might be feeling that same way. Like what, when I can't do it or I don't want to. So what, what was the can't, like, what were you afraid I, of? I think, I mean, I was just worried about, you know, my parents have their own businesses mm-hmm. and I, you know, I kind of understand what it's like. I mean, it, you're, you're working all the time. I was really kind of worried about like never getting time off or always having to be there. And I think that was like my biggest kind of worry. And then I was also kind of worried because I'd never, you know, I'd worked retail before in high school and college, but I have, I had never really worked in a pet store. What do you do with that? I mean, that's, I feel like it's different than other retail businesses. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So that, that was kind of my hesitation. So then what um, took you over? Actually, uh, one of my reps with, oh, she's now my rep for Southeast Pet. Uh, we met up and she was like, there's a store not far from you. Who's looking for somebody. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, you know, discounted pet products. Sure. That's great. I'd like to keep my foot kind of still in the door. So I went up and applied, talked to the owner. She hired me pretty much right then and there. And it was only supposed to be kind of part-time. And within, it was like the first couple of weeks, she had like a couple of people quit. And all of a sudden I was full time running the store basically. And because I knew the products, it was easy for me to just kind of fit right in and, and, you know, help customers and do ordering and stuff mm-hmm. for her. And she was getting ready to go on maternity leave. So she wasn't really in the store a lot. It was good. I mean, I definitely learned from them and kind of I say I learned what to do and what not to do in certain regards. And I worked there for about two years. And I think my dad was actually the one who suggested that I open a store. And he was like, I'll help you. We kind of be business partners. And I thought he was joking. I, I like, I dismissed <laughs> it right away. And I went home for Christmas, probably about a month or two later. And my sister was like, oh no, he was serious. He really wants to do this with you. And so then I was like, oh, okay. So we started talking and kind of planning and researching. And it still took us about another year to find the right spot, kind of figure out what we wanted before we actually did open. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. And then your first location where was that in Nashville? Uh, it's in East Nashville. So it's well, East Nashville, just right across the river from downtown, like maybe 10 minutes away, very artsy neighborhood, mm-hmm. if you will. There's a lot of, you know, musicians, artists. Um, it's a very eclectic clientele. Mm-hmm. And so you open and were you, were things going well in the beginning? They mm-hmm. were actually, I mean, I, I mean, I bootstrapped it. I mean, you know, it was just me working. I mean, all day, every day we were doing well. I mean, I was, didn't have to take any money out. So we were, you know, breaking even that was about it, but it, it grew pretty quickly. And within a year I had talked to my landlord about taking over the space next door and expanding and doing self-wash and grooming. Mm-hmm. And so then you started working on that piece. And I, re- I remember those days because you were a pet boss, you've been a pet boss club member too, for a really long time, you know, probably joined on. And then I remember that transition of your questions and our live Q and A's or checking in like how, but how do I announce expanding and when do I tell them? And, you know, through that whole part. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was fun to see your excitement for what was to come and what was going to be possible. And then, but then something happened. <laughs> 2020. And we're not talking about the pandemic, right. everybody. We're not <laughs> talking about the pandemic. Uh, so March, 2020, literally I got back from 
global like Saturday and Monday night, we got hit by a tornado that came through and just, I mean, hit a lot of places in Nashville and went east out to like Crossville and stuff. I mean, it just, it, it hit a lot of places at night. Um, too, in the, at night. Dark. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think I've told this story to you too before, but we drove, we, we were driving through it around the same time. It actually happened. I was passed. I was not passed out, but I was sleeping because we went to that same global pet expo and Joey, my husband and I with our dogs drove down to global and we were on our way back, driving back. I woke up and his knuckles were like glued to the steering wheel and his eyes were bugged out and he was like freaking out. And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, I think there might've been a tornado. Something's going on. Will you Google, get your phone out and like, look it up. And it was like, literally, yeah, it just hit like socially on the news that like this tornado had gone through Nashville. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hope Brianna's okay. And then you were like, yeah, I'm okay. But your building was affected. You know, you guys were okay, but your yeah. floor building, you know, the roof was, I think that the roof got, was affected or other parts of the building were impacted. Right. Yeah. So that night, I mean, I will, I won't forget it. I mean, I'm asleep and everything. I, I heard the alarms going off and I was like, eh, it's fine. Not doing anything. And then it stopped. And probably like 10 minutes later, my landlord's wife starts calling me. I'm like, why is she calling me at this late? So I answer and uh, she's like, oh my gosh, we've been hit. The building's been hit. And I'm like, hit by what? And, uh, she's like, we, the tornado came through and, you know, it hit us. So, I, I mean, I threw shoes on and immediately we drove down there. Not the brightest, you know, idea I that I just had, go, but like, you know, there's probably, yeah. Like, I mean, like on. lights were off, you know, I mean, there was no lights. Um, I had to park about two mile or two blocks down. There were power lines down everywhere. A couple of the buildings like had water mains like broken. So there was like water shooting up everywhere. Um, and yeah, I, I walked down over to see what was going on. And we're in a two-story building. We were in the lower part. The top half was just, I, I mean, gone. It, it definitely shattered like all of our windows and doors. We had some water damage. Um, I think the biggest thing kind of came after because we had no roof on the building. And so, and it rained with like the first couple of days after this happened. And so water just poured into the space. And I think that actually almost probably destroyed more stuff than the yeah, tornado itself. So. Oh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And I hope that I think, you know, we, we jumped in and tried to help with like connecting you with a, an insurance yeah. agent that could at least help answer questions. And at that point, you know, you had to deal with your current insurance, but I'm sure you learned a lot through that process. And I mean, gosh, that could be a whole nother episode as I'm listening to this. I oh, was yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like, forget the ask Candace part. Let's just keep going into this whole, like, what to do in disasters. <laughs> no. Oh, right. I mean, and there's things that you don't necessarily think about, yeah. you know, until it happens. Right. You know, I mean, one of the big things was plywood to board up the doors and who's going to do that because most landlords won't, you have to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but there was also like a plywood shortage because so many places had gotten hit. And so like, I mean, I called my parents and had them drive down from Indiana and I told them to stop on the way and get plywood to help like board up the doors and stuff. Thankfully my landlord came through and like had some, he's in the construction business. Yeah. So we had some friends that were able to just bring some over, but I mean, it's things like that that you don't really think about until it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. 100%. So 
so then, okay. So now then the pandemic happens. <laughs> right. And, and I wasn't even worried about that. I was just like, whatever. I mean, I'll just focus on delivery. It's all right. good. Focus on so. delivery. Yeah. Did you have stuff yeah. at your house? You're like, I'm just hauling it from uh, the house or where'd you? Where'd well, you so go? we had pods like in the store parking lot. Okay. And so my distributor was really cool. The driver would text me about like an hour before he would show up and I go over and meet him and we just put stuff in the pods. And then I had told my customers, I was like, you know, text me like by Tuesday, what you need and I'll deliver it on Thursday. And that's what I, you know, did. And I, yeah, I mean, there were a couple of days that I would be doing like 40 plus deliveries. That's amazing though, Brianna. I mean, like you, instead of, (laughs) you know, freaking, I'm sure you were freaking out, but instead of like complaining, going, what was me? And, you know, really like withdrawing, you're like, okay, we need a solution. We got to figure this out. And you still were able to um, service your customers and maintain business. So that that's wonderful. Then you, I think it was probably, was it just taking too long? You didn't have answers or did you always, because now then you have a second location. Now this other, you have a new location, which is in a different part of town. Did that come about because you were already looking to expand or you just didn't know if the other one would open? Like what was, well, I, I knew that I had always wanted multiple stores. Um, and at the time though, I was not thinking, you know, before the tornado, I was not thinking about expanding. I was still trying to build the first location. I'm just make sure everything was running smoothly before we did look for a second location. But after the tornado, I I've been through the codes process before. I just kind of knew how things were going. And then with the pandemic, it just, I mean, threw such a wrench into things. I mean, you know, we were having issues, you know, just getting materials for a lot of things because now everybody who had been affected by the tornado was having to have like plans approved or like they needed, you know, construction crews. And it was just taking, right. And plus Nashville still has all this building going on. So it was just this big kind of cluster, like, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. So in the meantime, I actually have a delivery customer who would come to East, but he lives in Mount Juliet, which is about 20 miles East of town and different County and everything. And he's like, have you ever thought about opening up a store out here? And I was like, no, but you know, let let me think about it. And so I kind of did some research and there wasn't really a pet store out there besides a pet smart. There was no self-wash place. And I found a realtor, found a location and just went for it. So I love it. And so then when did that location open? So that location opened, uh, the end of November, 2020. Okay. So now you have your, this, this current location is open and thriving. You have pretty much gotten the other, your landlord's gotten the old space almost ready to open. It's so, so close. And the plan is to reopen that and have two locations at that time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're all praying. Everybody cross your fingers, you know, like send all the good vibes up and <laughs> some mutts and meows. All right, cool. So, you know, I asked our pet boss club members and our one-on-one clients, if you could ask me anything, what would you ask so that you could be part of our ask Candace series here on our podcast. And so I would love to know, what do you want to talk about? Uh, so I guess my big question is in terms of advertising for events or, or marketing for events, when do you kind of start that? When do you start, you know, letting customers know is, is there such thing as too early? Is there such thing as too late? Can you bombard your customers with an, an event? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love this question for lots of different reasons. Okay. One is that it actually is a very popular question. I, as I'd say, like a frequently asked question within the industry. 
And because it's, it's tough, you know, you, you, yeah, you want to let them know, but if, if you're going to be giving discounts, right. You're like, well, I don't want no bit, you know, people worry about not having any business for that whole week because people are holding out for the weekend. But then if you hold out too long, then, you know, maybe they've already made plans and haven't heard about it or haven't, didn't right. hear, get a chance to hear about it. I think that was kind of your scenario. You've been noticing lately, right. Is that you'll have yes. something and you're promoting it, but people are saying they're missing it. Yeah. Like they'll be like, Oh, I, we didn't see it, you know, on the socials until like it had already happened. So, and, and we've had that a number of times and I know we, you know, definitely post it other places. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, that's, I guess that's just what I'm wondering do I need yeah. to be doing it more frequently? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so what are you currently doing now? Like, give me an example. Is it one week out and they're missing it a couple days, two weeks? What's been for when people yeah. miss it, what are you doing? So we, I always make sure that I have like in a Facebook event and then also posted on uh, Google, my business. I usually try to get that about three to four weeks before the event itself. Usually like I, I usually sit down at like the first of the month and kind of we'll go through and like list all of our, or, you know, get our, all, all of our events on those two platforms. Then it is on our uh, website as well. We've got like a calendar as well on there. We also have like chalkboard signs in the store. Those get changed monthly as well with what we're featuring for the month. Now, if it's an event kind of closer to the month or, you know, the first of the month, I feel like people don't always see it because it hasn't been changed out yet. But if it's mm-hmm. something towards the end of the month, then they should have, you know, the whole month to kind of look at that. And then, and we post it like on the socials, usually about a week and a half before, and then usually a couple days before and like the day before, sometimes okay. the day up. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, high five, virtual high five. Cause I do think that, you know, you are doing a lot of things right. Okay. That a lot of pet businesses miss. Okay. One is that you are planning ahead. You're taking time out in advance to put it on, you know, put it online and get it on your website. That's another place that it gets missed a lot. And, um, in store, that's great. And then it sounds like that week, week and a half, you know, you're doing multiple posts about it. So that's really good too. So you've got a lot of good things going. I, I know that you and I have also talked about improving your email marketing. Okay. Right. And that yeah. is just another layer that, that I think will be hugely beneficial for your events. So I, I know it can be hard to make a plan to do like a regular newsletter, like a weekly newsletter. And it's like, it feels very heavy to come up with all this content all the time. But if you could even just say, just for our events, we're going to start to send emails and one can be even at the beginning of the month, here's all the events coming up or just break them out individually and do the week before email plus a day of, or the night before. So like if there's an early, I remember in my store, you know, if we were doing something that started like right at 9am, maybe not so much, if it was an all day event, but if there was something really special happening really early in the morning, we would send it like the night before to remind people. And then, um, otherwise, if it was kind of a day long event, then we would send it that morning to everybody and kind of let them know, like, remember happening today is X, Y, Z. Okay. So that would begin to definitely help. And then another layer, I don't know if you're doing this, but it's, it's really easy for people with physical locations is a paper flyer, which what they would call like a bag stuffer, right? A flyer that goes in the shopping bags. I know that that is creating more paper. <laughs> a lot of people don't like that, but you could even come up with something that's like, uh, I, I don't know. I had one, I had one page every month that would list all of the events and we kind of kept that or we'd update it and reprint it. And it was kind of like, you know, a month of rolling things happening, but that is helpful because then customers get to see it. And nowadays too, you could put QR codes on those flyers that would link to back to your Facebook page or to another event page or to your website too. Okay. 
you know, with all marketing, we like to think about uh, people need to see things a lot and frequently, and we need to put it in all the places because we're not going to catch everybody, right? Not everyone's not on Facebook. Some people don't open their emails, right? Some people maybe haven't even been in the store to see the signs. So we have to remember to put it in all the places. Okay. So I would also integrate Instagram into this. You might be doing it, but like posting on, on Instagram and doing the stories too there. Okay. So we're hitting all the places. One, you're already doing a lot really well. The second piece is, I don't know what type of content you're posting when you post about your events, but you could even that week of, or even when you're planning it, if it's two weeks, depending on the event, do a lot of behind the scenes. So that's like daily content that's actually about the event. So if you're going to be giving away goodie bags, you know, it's, it's a quick little story or a reel of you and your team assembling the goodie bags, even if the event's a week away, but it gives you something to tease and like build the excitement of what's coming. So behind the scenes, more interesting types of posts instead of just a graphic that's like, you know, come in for the Kong stuffing event or whatever it is you're going to do. And um, instead of that same graphic over and over, you know, maybe a little bit more varying up of content. But to get to your main question about like, when do you post and how long? I think it really gets down to what's the purpose of what you're doing. And we're going to talk a lot about this in Pet Business Coaching Week, which is coming up. September 11th through the 16th, for those of you who are listening to this podcast live around this time (laughs) versus on replay, you'll have to wait till the next pet business coaching week. But this is what we do help a lot of our pet boss club members with inside our membership as well is the event planning part of it. And really thinking about what's the purpose. Okay. Cause when we know what the purpose of the event is and what, what it is that we're doing at the event we can decide, well, how much time do we really need? And how many, what's our goal for attendance? How many people do we need there? And will getting the word out early hurt the actual event? Okay. Kind of think of those key things. So if I think about if I need to run, like if I need cash fast, right. We've, you know, we've, you've heard me talk about like our 10 K weekend promotion or all different kinds of things. And the 10 K weekend promotion guys is basically this concept of Get your customers to buy $75 worth of either gift cards or stuff, and you can bonus them a $25 gift card to use at a future date. That promotion helps you get some ca- a lot of cash quick. That promotion, though, depending on your cu- certain people's customer bases and their list too, like you don't want to promote that too far in advance because <laughs> then they will wait. That's a high value thing, right? That's I'm going to, you're going to give me $25 for every $75 I spend. That's high value. And so people will hold out and wait and come to that. And so that's something where a few days before it's like, surprise, this is happening. You know, I think the same thing, if you were going to do a whole discount on your whole store, or if there was something of like really, really high value, those are the few days before and you can eat, but you can still tease it in advance slightly like that week or two week before you can still say, this is coming, save the date, but don't necessarily tell them it's going to be X percentage off or we're doing this thing until it gets closer. Okay. Because people do need their dog food. They need to come in and get their dog washed. You know, there's going to be things that they need immediately, but you're at least telling people far enough in advance to save the date that this big thing is coming. Okay. But we still need to get people there. And, and half the people who would love to come aren't going to be able to come because the timing just doesn't work out for them, right? Because they're busy. So at the end of the day, the most important thing is that we are getting the marketing out as soon as we can, where people are not going to 
forget about it. So too far in advance with no follow-up, they're going to forget about it. Far enough in advance where they think about it and save the date. Awesome. And then, cause then you're going to start to follow up with more advertising as you get closer. And then they're going to remember, oh yeah, I want to come to that thing and go, and go see that. Discounts, heavy discounts. Maybe that's released just as you get a little bit closer to the event, but they know that something is happening and they don't want to miss it. So first purpose and, and what's happening, what's the purpose and then what's happening. And is it too high value that it would cause your business to have that delay in sales or not? Right. So we've got to think about that. Then there's events that are like, we want as many people to come in as possible. Maybe you're even having uh, like a photo shoot and you need to get slots booked or you have a pet psychic coming and you have to, you have to get the time slots reserved for this person. You know, those you sometimes need to market three weeks, four weeks in advance, sometimes even six weeks in advance, especially if like around the holidays, like what we're going into with Q4 right now. Like I remember our pictures with Santa, we always did. We always did it the same weekend. It was always the first weekend of December, but it didn't matter. Our customers, even 10 years later would be like, when are pictures with Santa? And I was like, it's always the first weekend in December, but they would ask that in September and October. They wanted to know because it was going to be part of their holiday card, right? And they said the holiday card, or they wanted, or they wanted to make sure they did not miss pictures with Santa because they're probably just, I feel like at the time too, there were not a lot of places to go and they fit the slots fill up really quickly. So people who don't want to miss it want that information. And it's okay to tell them when it's coming that early, even right. Something like that. They want to know those big signature event dates or like even your, you know, your pet parades or when's the sidewalk sale happening or your dog mom event. When's what's that, you know, those big signature events that your customers start to look forward to. You could put those out as far in advance as you want and can put it out there for them. Okay. Because really any of these, we're all looking to build anticipation. We're looking to, you know, people's lives are so, they're so busy. Like they might have weddings or make travel plans and, but they still want to come to different events that you're hosting. So if it's not like a big clearance, I mean, if you're even the clearance sales though, like that could still be, I feel like promoted because it's like the sidewalk sale in a sense. If it's something that happens every year at the same time, just put the dates out early, get it out early so that they know. And if it's kind of in the moment, shoot, I realize I'm way over inventory or I need some cash. <laughs> We're going to maybe tell them, you know, a week before. Okay. I don't think you need to go too far in advance before that. And if you wait too close, it's it, it, they, they will miss it. But if we're waiting, if we're doing that one week before it's on all the channels, multiple posts every day, we're sending our emails, we've put it out there, right? Some events you might want to do additional advertising for, whether it's putting up a billboard. It's funny. I never put up billboards because I couldn't interested the city of Chicago. It'd be one way too expensive and it wouldn't bring my ideal customer in, but I'm in a little town now. And I know that pure pet, they have, they kill it with a billboard, a little billboard in their town. And I know that all pets considered on the East coast, Allison, they do big billboards on their highways and like they get tons of um, traffic from it. So don't rule out the billboard, but I give, that's why I give that as an example, but that would require getting the ad space up, getting the design up, getting it printed, right? All those things. So I think it just depends on what advertising we need to do also and, and what would be effective advertising for that event. A better example, I guess, would even be running Facebook ads for an event, right? We do that at Pet Boss Nation and it takes about a week to even tell what, what creative is getting traction and 
then once we know what creative, the picture or a video or the copy, which ones are actually getting interactions and link clicks and all the things, then we can say, okay, now we can put some money and budget behind boosting those specific ads that we know are working. So then we need about another week to be able to see traction with the ads. So in that sense, then you would need about two to three weeks if you're going to run Facebook ads. Ultimately, it comes down to purpose, always comes down to purpose. And then how many people you want there and what your avenue, you know, what your advertising avenues are going to be. So there's no one answer. I think what you're currently doing is fantastic. Let's vary it up with even more posts about behind the scenes and stories and reels and all of that and getting the email integrated into it too. Now, in terms of like, uh, like Facebook ads, do you, do you ever use like the boost option or do you just always do the ads? I am not a Facebook ads expert. Okay. So, um, but I would say that our Facebook ads experts like you to actually run campaigns, like run Facebook ad campaigns. Okay. There are nuances to learning how to do that though. Okay. And if it's something that you can't invest in someone to help you with this, or you have no desire to learn on your own, the boost button is kind of like the easy button, right? Boosting it is better than doing nothing. Boosting is better than doing nothing. So if you don't have the time to learn about ads and how to set it all up, then you can boost. Okay. (laughs) But I, you know, anything is worth testing. Anything and everything is worth testing. So even if you can say, I have $200 to put towards some Facebook and Instagram ad advertising, let's see what happens. The nice thing about ads is that you can pick specific audiences. And what's really cool, guys, is this because we're seeing this. So we're seeing two things the Facebook ads that we are running right now with Pet Boss Nation. One, our video ad is now um, performing at a better what they call a cost per lead. Okay. So we did a bunch of still, cause in the past we've done a bunch of still photos and those were performing better than video. But now what we're seeing is that even though the still graphics and photos are working, they're coming at a, at a little bit of a higher cost per person that's signing up for coaching week. So I did a video this week and we had another video going. And what's interesting is that those videos are converting into sales at a lower cost per lead. Okay. So now we're going to put our budget because we have, we know our budget and we're trying, trying to divide the budget amongst some creative and we're going to end up putting more budget now towards those videos that are performing better. Right. That's one thing that's kind of interesting. And so that's what the boost kind of thing is like, it's easy. It's the easy button. You just boost it and it's going to put it in front of potentially some of your specific audiences you've picked or in front of people who already follow your page, you know, but then in the ads part of it is where you can start to really look at the nuances of how your ads are performing. Okay. The other thing that's really cool about actual ads is that you can take your email list, which is why it's so important for all of you to be building your email list, your email list and your contact list, build it. You can export that list from your point of sale system or however you're tracking it as a CSV file. And then you can upload it to Facebook ads and you can target your customers, if their email address matches for their Facebook account, you can specifically target that person on their phone. So that is another great way to run an ad is to say, we want to target our customer list on Facebook and on Instagram. Okay. 
then you can make a lookalike audience of those emails. So then you can take that exact same email list and say, Hey, Facebook, I want to find more people on Facebook who behave like these people that you have their email addresses for and that behave on, on Facebook that way. Right. Cause they know everything. Facebook knows everything about us. <laughs> Right. So that's really what's cool. So like, that's why I, you know, when we think going back to events and like promoting it, it's like, it goes back to, okay, well, one again, what's purpose. Can I tell people far enough in advance? So it gets on their calendar during, especially during a busy time of year. Um, and then what advertising am I doing for this? And what, how long, how much of a lead time do I need to get the advertising rolling? And Facebook ads and Instagram ads, or even TikTok ads, like that's all, it's all, um, Awesome. Because people are staring at their phones all day long and that's where they are. <laughs> so advertise on there, right? Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So what out of this, I know we covered a lot already, what you're doing right already. I love you've got your Facebook event. Okay. You're doing that far enough in advance. You can even do way more inside that Facebook event. Okay. You can be posting on your Facebook event wall. I think you can even boost your Facebook event to get it to more places. You can share your Facebook event into community groups and other places. Okay. I love you're putting on your Google business profile, then your website. That's great. You've got your chalkboard. You maybe start to do some flyers. You have more behind the scenes, social posts. You're going to send an email the week before. You're sending an email the day of to remind them. And then now we just look at, well, what paid advertising am I going to do? You know, what would make the most sense for you? And I think for paid advertising, that's those big events. That's like for us, we don't run ads all the time, but we run them for the big events like coaching week. So you could do the same if you're having like a huge clearance sidewalk sale or something, and you really need to, and you have, and you have a lot of merch, you need to move something like that. Then you'd run Facebook ads. Or for your grand opening of your new, <laughs> the old location, the new old location, that is a great time to run ads, as not only for the grand opening, but to just tell everyone that you are now open, right? Yes. It would be worth the investment. Yeah. Has this been helpful, Brianna? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Good, good, good. So you've been working with us for a while now as a club member and now one-on-one I'd love for you to share kind of what your experience has been like in the pet boss club and and what you would encourage to other people. (laughs) Oh man, the club has just been wonderful. I mean, I always, I feel like we kind of go through a lot of the same things, but not everybody's willing to ask, you know, certain questions. So I feel like the club is really good. People are, people are asking and then other people are giving their, their answers. So it's, it's definitely helpful. Um, in, in that regard, I've thought I knew a lot when I started and then I joined the club and realized I didn't. So it's definitely helped in that aspect as well. And it's just the people that you meet. I mean, I'm, I'm always like, I mean, I haven't met a lot of people in the club. Um, I mean, I've met some people at global and stuff, but I'm always like, we're friends. Like, Oh, I know Carly from house of pause. Like, you know, cause she posts and stuff. And it, it's just kind of funny to me that, you know, we're all kind of connected, even though we might not know each other. Yeah. That has been a really magical piece, that community piece and finding friends in the industry because having, you know, running a small business can be so lonely. And I've seen that now, like even when we just went to super zoo, like people, we had like, you know, pockets of members getting together for dinner or seeing each other because they've all met virtually for the last few years. And now like we're actually getting to meet in person. And so it is fun. And, And I, we've even had other members who have now, now are really good friends and go on vacations together and they're, they're in two different parts of the country, but it's just nice because, you know, in your immediate market, it can feel like, you you know, you really don't get too close with the immediate other pet businesses usually, yeah. 
But when you're not in the same market, you can really start to share and open up and encourage each other and and find those kind of business besties. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, I'm glad you were here on our podcast today and I'm thankful that you shared your story. And um, I feel like the event stuff that we shared will definitely be helpful to other people too. Not just you to your point, like one person asked the question, but other, uh, everyone kind of has the same question, right? (laughs) So thank you so much, Brianna. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. If you wish you could get your pet business question answered, I'm doing something similar to this in Pet Business Coaching Week. It's one-on-one hot seats where our participants in Coaching Week can apply to come on camera with me and get their burning question answered. And then what we'll do is I'll give my feedback and advice Others will get a chance to learn as well, and they'll give you their suggestions on top of it. So if you want that kind of community and support that Brianna was just talking about, then you need to sign up for Pet Business Coaching Week. All you have to do is visit petbusinesscoachingweek.com or visit the show notes at petboss.com forward slash episode 42. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? Now, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast, or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated, and go boss your business.